If you have your Bibles today, please turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. And yes, you heard that right. The Gospel of Luke will be in Luke chapter 10, and we will begin reading in verse 38 in just a moment. Luke chapter 10 and verse 38. And as uh, we said before, happy Mother's Day to you all, and and, uh, we do wish you the happiest one possible. And as I considered what to preach today, I I was kind of... Uh, you know, I, I, I was praying about it, and, and I consider preaching out of Proverbs 31. And if you're familiar with Proverbs 31, you know that the lady in that passage sets, she's kind of the gold standard for womanhood. I mean, she, she sets the bar awfully high. And um, as, as I prayerfully considered this, I was reminded of a blog post that I saw not, not too long ago, uh, and it was titled, Why I Hate the Proverbs 31 Woman. And it was about, written by a woman who verbalized the way I'm sure many women feel whenever they read that. And that is, we read so many things into that passage. I mean, it's, it's strenuous enough and difficult enough as it is. But we read some things into that passage, and she felt like she just didn't measure up. And, uh, and I'm not going to preach on that today. And I thought, well, what, what women in the Bible are, are relatable? Because Proverbs 31, that's, that's kind of a, a tough act to follow. And I thought, well, there's, there's Mary, the mother of Jesus, and that, I, obviously I'm not a mother, but I think that would be a pretty hard act to follow. And so then I thought, well, what about uh, Jezebel? Well, hopefully you don't identify with Jezebel either. Um, but today we're going to look at Martha. Now, she is a woman who I think typifies um, the, the, the Christian women today. She pours herself into serving the Lord. She loves Him dearly. And she is busy. I mean, she is busy to the point of distraction. And, and really, I think that's a picture of, of uh, many Christians today. And so I want us to work our way through this text. We did it a couple of years ago as we worked our way through Luke. But we're going to look at this. And, uh, and I, I hope that whether you're a man or woman, you will, you will get something from this because it has something to say to each of us. So if you found Luke chapter 10 and verse 38 and are able to, please stand in honor of God's word and we will uh, read down to the end of the chapter. It says, Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and he, of course, is Jesus. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, the first thing I want you to see in our text today is a student of the Lord. A student of the Lord. Now, if you look back at verse 38, you'll see that it says that they were traveling along. The they refers to Jesus and his 12 disciples. So they're going around there. Uh, Jesus is teaching. He's preaching. He's, he's performing miracles. He's doing all these things. And as they're traveling along, they come to the village of Bethany. The, Luke doesn't record what the name of the village is, but it's Bethany, which is where three siblings live, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Now, if that name Lazarus rings a bell, that's because that's the same Lazarus that Jesus raised from the dead in John chapter 11. Now, verse 38, you'll notice, says that, that Martha welcomed them into her home. Now, we don't know much about this family. Some people have supposed that Martha was a widow. Some have supposed that she is the firstborn. I think she probably was. Because uh, if, if you're a firstborn or, or you know some firstborns, 
You know, of, of all the siblings, the firstborns tend to be more of the type A personality types, it seems like. Uh, you know, you get the middle, uh, the, the youngest child is kind of the clown of the family. He's the peacemaker. And then the middle child, well, who knows? Um, but, but, uh, but, but she is kind of the type A personality, right? She's the go-getter. She's the one that's out front. Whether she's the firstborn, we don't know. We just know that's her personality type. Um, and, and some people have supposed that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus all live together. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us many of these things specifically. It does tell us that Mary and Martha and Lazarus, when it talks about them, they're often mentioned together. But regardless of whether they live together or not, if you look at verse 38, we know that, that this is her home. Look at what it says. It says, um, as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Not their home. It's hers. So, so regardless, she warmly welcomed Jesus and his disciples. Now, notice... She wasn't forced to do this. Nobody twisted her arm. She wasn't guilted into doing this. Um, she, she just, it wasn't a chore to her. In other words, she didn't just admit them entrance into the front door. She welcomed them. She was showing them hospitality. She brought them in and, 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 and provided for them liberally. Now, immediately, if you look at verse 38, or verse 39, rather, we have a problem. Her problem is her sister. Now, I figure some of you who have siblings, I'm an only, but if some of you have Brothers or sisters, you can probably identify with that statement. She has a problem, and it's her sibling. It's her brother, or her sister, rather. Oh. She has a sister named Mary who, who ain't doing anything to help out. She's seated at the feet of Jesus. Now, sometimes in today's culture, we may use that language of being seated at someone's feet or, or learning at someone's feet or something like that. And we know that that means if you're, if you're seen at someone's feet, we know in today's culture that that has the connotation of the idea of you're learning from that person. Same idea back then because they literally would sit at someone's feet. A rabbi or a teacher would come in and, and they would sit in a chair and their learners would sit down. If, if you've ever been in a classroom, at least within the last couple of years, you probably have seen this happen in the classroom. The teacher would be standing or sitting and the students sit at their feet. That's what they would do. A rabbi would come and they would sit down. And the people who would sit there, and these are, these are grown men and women, would sit at their feet as an act of submission, but also saying, hey, what you're saying is important to me. I'm, I'm putting myself under your authority. I'm, what you're saying is, 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 is valuable. I want to take it all in. I want to know what you're sharing. And that's what Mary is doing. She's present. She's engaged. And she recognized, I have Jesus in my house. I'm going to spend time with him. I ain't making no spaghetti. I'm going to sit with Jesus and listen to what he has to say. So we have a learner, but next I want you to see a servant of the Lord. A servant of the Lord. Look at verse 40. So here's Mary. She's at Jesus' feet. But Mary, or but Martha. But Martha. Now that is a word of contrast. Mary's at Jesus' feet. Focus on him. But Martha is doing something else. But Martha, verse 40 was distracted. She wasn't focused on Jesus. She wasn't focused on his word. She wasn't focused on his teaching. In fact, the Bible says she wasn't focused on anything. If you look back at verse 40, it says that she was distracted with all her preparations. Now, in the original language, the word translated as distracted has the idea of dragging away, of dragging away, of, 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 of multiple things pulling her in different directions. In other words, there's something over here that needs attention. And so she goes to do that, and then she remembers, hey, I need to do that thing over there. And maybe you do that, maybe if you're cleaning, you have the butt first disease. I'm going to do this, but first I need to do that. 
and then you start doing that, and then you forget about this, and then you got to do this thing over here, and, and you do all these things, and you're busy, and you don't get anything done because you're distracted, you're, you're pulled in all these different directions. It's kind of like if, if you ever cook, you, you have the thing on the stove, and it gets, done, it gets to a point where it needs you to interact with it in some way. And at the same time, something else that you're cooking needs you to do something else over there. So this pot says, stir me constantly or else you're going to have a, a burnt, clobby mess. And this thing over here says, you need to, you need to drain me into the sink because if you don't, I'm, I'm not going to be fit to eat. And at about the same time, your, your beeper starts going off on your oven saying, you better take this dessert out of the oven or it's going to be, it's going to be a burnt offering. Now, now, that is what Mar- uh, Martha is feeling. She has all these people in her home, no less than 15. People that she's preparing for. And she's being pulled in all these different directions. Can you imagine if 15 people show up at your house unannounced? You're unprepared. What do you do? You're going to be picking up the socks out of the floor. And you're going to be getting, you're, you're going to be adding some water to the soup. And then you're going to be trying to get a, how can, I, how can I make a dessert? I'm going to make some no-bake cookies. But then you've got a big mess from that. You've got to clean that up so some, you have a place to sit at the kitchen table. And then you've got people that you're trying to interact with and not be mean to. You're doing all these things, and you can understand why Martha is feeling the way she's feeling. She has all these different responsibilities, all these different things pulling her different directions. And, and I know I'm using the, 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 the cooking terminology, but, but just think, it's not just cooking that distract us today. Maybe, maybe you're in school and you know you need to do this assignment because it's due tomorrow. But at the same time, you know you need to get some extra work done over here because you missed some assignments and you're graded low. And if you don't get your grade up, things are not going to be good for you. Oh, and at the same time, you know you need to save for this final that you're getting ready to take. You have all these different responsibilities, or if you're a parent or, or a grandparent, you need, to, you need to take your kids to this appointment, and then you need to take them to this game or this practice. And at the same time, you have three graduations you need to go to all on the same night in three different places. Oh, and just to top it off, you're not feeling all that great, not sick enough to stay home, just enough to not feel good. I mean, you're, you're pulled in all these different directions. We have so much busyness and distraction in our lives. And, and, and there, if there were such things as patron saints, Martha would be the patron saint of busy people. I mean, she is distracted. She is busy. She's being pulled in all these different directions. And, and you'll notice it says that she was, she was distracted with all her preparations. And as I said a moment ago, she's cooking for no less than 15 people. And that's a lot of people to prepare for all by yourself. She has all this pressure. And I want to pause here and ask, are these preparations that she's doing intrinsically bad? No, of course not. I mean, she is, she is, she's making food for Jesus. I mean, what more Baptist thing can you, can you come up with? I'm making food for the Lord. And there's nothing wrong with, with feeding people. Serving the Lord is a legitimate activity. Her service was a good thing in and of itself, but in this case, it caused problems. First, you'll see that ironically, her service for the Lord kept her from spending time with the Lord. Her service for the Lord kept her from spending time 
with the Lord. Notice what verse 40 says very, very closely. It says that Martha came up to the Lord. Catch that. She came up to the Lord. She wasn't there originally. Martha was moving about the house. She was in the kitchen one minute. She was in the dining room next. And if you could see her, if, if you ever watched Scooby-Doo, the, the, the montages, they'll be going in this door, and then they'll come out of that door. They're going all over the place. That's Martha. I mean, she's just all over the place trying to take care of things. She's, she, she's, she's doing this. She's doing that. She's cooking this. She's picking up that. She's, she's trying to prepare. And she's not spending time with Jesus. Mary's at his feet. Martha is a wall. She's around, but she's not listening to what's being said. And, 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 and we can do the same thing today. We can mistake activity for devotion. We can begin to think that because we're working for the Lord, we're devoted to the Lord. Not necessarily. We, 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 can, we can replace, we can use activity to replace spending time with Him. Activity and devotion are not necessarily the same thing. And another issue that came up was her attitude. She had a bad attitude about Mary, but also she had an attitude with the Lord. Look at, look at the way that she addressed Jesus. Don't you care she's left me to do all the serving? Now, notice what it says. She's left me to do it. She was helping until you showed up. And now she's, she's gone sit down. Don't you care she's abandoned me? She's left me here all alone to do all the work? And, and she's no doubt frustrated. She's angry. And I can, I can hear just, I can just hear it. That daggum Mary, she never does anything. She doesn't pull her weight. I'm always doing all the work. And what's she doing? She's flitting around doing this and she's sitting down doing that. She doesn't do anything. I'm always doing the work. Well, that may be the redneck version of what she said, but you get the idea. She's, you know, that's, that's Mary for you. The more she worked, the better she got. The more tired she became. You know, every time she went by and she saw Mary just sitting there, it just really it grated on her nerves. Mary, you're on my last nerve, and it's on fire. Maybe you've worked with somebody like that. Maybe you've served in a ministry with somebody like that. They have no patience for anybody that they feel is not pulling their weight. And they'll let people know about it. They'll say, you might hear them say things like, you going to pitch in and help? Or maybe they might say, you know, this kitchen isn't quite big enough for the both of us. We've got too many folks here. Why don't, you, why don't you work somewhere else? Or maybe they say things like, are you going to do anything or just sit there like a bump on a log? Maybe you haven't worked with somebody like that because you are that person. And notice, notice she didn't talk to Jesus in a, a real appropriate way. She, 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 didn't, she didn't speak to him with, with a lot of respect. She said, hey, don't you care if she's left me? Then tell her to get up and help. Mary wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. Martha wanted to make sure Jesus heard what she had to say. Mary's having, Mary's having a feast. Martha's trying to prepare a feast of a different kind. Finally, I want you to see, we, we have a, a student of the Lord, we have a servant of the Lord. Finally, I want you to see the admonition of the Lord. Look at what he says. Verse 41. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. He says, you're worried and you're bothered. 
those are related terms. The, the, the word worry has the idea of anxiety, of anxiousness. He says you're bothered, you're, you're disturbed, you're, your mind is going in two different directions. You're like, a, you're like the, the, the sea whenever the wind's blowing on and, and the waves are all choppy. You're pulling different directions, you're, you're distracted, you're stressed, you're worked up, you're disturbed. You're worried about so many things, but there's only one thing that's necessary. It's not a bunch of different things, it's one thing. One thing in, in life is most needful, and that thing is, is salvation that's found in Christ and then growing in Him. Now I'm reminded of, of what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink. And this is, my, this is a paraphrase. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink, but what do you seek first? His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That's exactly what's being played out here. Martha's worried about what to eat and drink, and she's not as worried about the kingdom of God, which is right there in her, in her presence. Now, having said all that, uh, now, now, now Mary, Mary shows them the good part. And I think we can kind of identify with Martha, can't we? Because it's like, we've all been in those, places, those times whenever we're, we feel like we're the one pulling all the weight. People aren't really contributing. We feel for, for Martha. But listen, Mary has chosen the good part. Her, her heart's in the right place. She recognized the opportunity that was presented, and she seized upon it. And these women from Bethany, I think, highlight the fact that we need to have some balance in our lives. We need to be like Mary, but we also need to be like Martha. Both men and women, moms and dads, young people, we need to have balance. Yes, we need to be like Mary. We need to spend time with the Lord, and it's so easy to let all the all the graduations that we have and all the practices that we have and all the work schedules that we have and the overtime and, and doing this and doing that and all the, all the extra stuff. And then, of course, you know, we got to get in our social media time and all that other stuff. We, we try to fit all this stuff in and then time with God's kind of an outside thing. It's, it's kind of on the peripheral part of our lives. And Mary shows us it should be that way. That should be front and center. God should be front and center. Food and drink are only temporary. What Christ provides is eternal. So we need to be like Mary in that sense. But listen, we also need to have some Martha in us too. Because being a student will leave you being a student will lead you to being a servant. God didn't save you to sit, he saved you to serve. He he, he saved you unto good works. And if we're only like Mary, nobody's going to eat. I'd much rather sit at a table that Martha prepared than what Mary prepared, wouldn't you? Mary's giving you a bologna sandwich. And if you like bologna, more power to you. I'd almost rather eat a dirt clod. But anyway, I said almost. Dirt clods would be pretty bad. But bologna's not too good. So Mary's giving you a bologna sandwich. Martha's giving you prime rib. Martha's giving you the... She, she doesn't give you the steamed green beans. She gives you the good cooked with bacon and onion green beans. I mean, she's, she's making the stuff. That's the one I want to sit at. Because we need to have some activity and not just take all, you know, we, we, can, we can come to church and hear all the preaching and, and do the Bible readings and, and, and Sunday school and all the stuff and just take it all in but never do anything with it. We can be like Mary to the exclusion of being like Martha at all. We need to be like Mary, but also have a little Martha in us and put that into practice. 
And I want to challenge you today to, to find that balance because my guess is you're probably not balanced. Whether it's your personality, whether it's your, your season of life, whatever it is, my guess is you're at one end of the spectrum or the other. Either you're like Mary and you want to sit and contemplate, you don't want to do anything, or you're like Martha and you feel like you got to do everything because Mary ain't doing nothing. Nobody else is doing it, i got to do it. We need, to, we, we need to realize we need to spend time with the Lord, but then we need to do something because of our time spent with the Lord. Don't, don't mistake your activity for devotion. Once you stand with me as musicians come. And as you stand, I ask that you bow your heads and close your eyes. I said it before, I'll say it again, Martha is a picture of Christianity in America today. We love the Lord, we're devoted to Him, we seek to serve Him, but we can get so busy that we're distracted, we're pulled all these different directions, all these different ways. Sometimes we have activity to the exclusion of spending time with Jesus. Maybe you need to be a little more like Mary today. Or maybe you need to be a little more like Martha because you've been saved and now you're just sitting on the sidelines. You're not out on the field, not taking part, but somebody more talented somebody younger, somebody older, somebody else do it. But also there is a word in here for those of you who may not know Jesus in a saving way. And that is that you can be so wrapped up in the worries and the cares of this life that you just let the spiritual go by. You don't think about the Lord. You don't think about salvation. Jesus said there's only one thing that's necessary, one thing you need to focus on. And that's Him. That is becoming His follower. And that happens when you put your faith in Him, when you repent of your sins. I'd encourage you even today, right where you are, if you've never done that, to do it. Heavenly Father, thank you for um, thank you for the example, both good and bad, of these women. I pray that you'd help each of us to uh, to strike that balance, to spend time with you, but also to do something about the lostness around us, the darkness around us. Help us to be devoted to you. And God, if there's somebody here who's never accepted Christ as their Savior, I pray that they would uh, would focus on you and, and turn to you from their sins. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.